0: And welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Scarks. And I'm
1: Scott Eisenberg.
0: And we are a newlywed couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we
1: do, that we do.
0: And, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again. It's Star Wars time. Woo! Yes, it's, it's the first week of a new month, which means we are watching yet another Star Wars movie. Indeed. And this week we've decided to go along in the the prequel trilogy and watch Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. That we did.
1: That we did.
0: Released in 2002.
1: Yeah. And just right off the bat, this I understand, like, yes, it's still not the original trilogy, but, God, this felt so much better than Phantom Menace. It absolutely did feel better than
0: Phantom Menace. It's definitely not good. (laughs) It's not good, but is it better than Phantom Menace? Sure. I mean, I wasn't falling asleep throughout 90% of the film, so that's definitely an improvement.
1: You can still clearly tell the CGI is still early 2000s.
0: Yes. But you know what? The difference between this and the first one, I think, is because, like, in the first one, the CGI pretty much looks bad the whole time. Like, it's pretty just, like, gratingly awful on your senses. However, in this one, there are some, like, backgrounds that are actually good. Even though I think the better ones are just better because they're kind of shrouded in darkness a lot of the time. But some of them are actually decently good. Yeah. It's just when the actors are interacting with the CGI background is when there's an issue. <laughs> That's when it looks really shitty. Yeah,
1: and well, also some of the characters... Some of the alien characters aren't really great.
0: Uh, this movie was directed by George Lucas, yep. as per usual with the prequels. Yep. However, there was a co-writer on this one. Mm-hmm. It was written by George Lucas and a Mr. Jonathan Hales, who I looked through his IMDb. Uh, he had a few episodes of uh, Young Indiana Jones in there. And he also had something that I think you'd find a little interesting. He was one of the story writers for The Scorpion King. Ah, uh-huh. So not really faring too well for this movie. But <laughs>
1: uh, Okay, well, okay. I'm gonna hold back on my rant on Scorpion King, even though I do like Scorpion King. True, it's been a while since I have seen Scorpion King, but
0: Maybe we should watch that for like a shitty movie one day, one week.
1: Another one. <laughs> I'll just
0: Why not?
1: We'll do uh just like my whole nine yards one.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well that wasn't meant to be a shitty one, it just kinda happened. I love those happy accidents in life. Mm. By the way, I'm still recovering from that movie slightly, so if I seem a little off this week, it's because of that. Mallrats kind of did a little bit to revive me, but it's still not fully complete, my healing process.
1: Uh, yeah, it, it, apparently it was so traumatic.
0: It really was. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I I'm. find myself in my sleep. Scott like will look over it. I'll just be like muttering tulips to myself in my sleep.
1: Frankie Figgs. <laughs> Frankie Figgs.
0: <laughs> So, um, basically what had happened as far as the writing, Lucas apparently was pretty hesitant to make another sequel after The Phantom Menace response. He wrote two drafts on his own and then brought Hales in for the third draft. Apparently the script was going through a lot of rewrites in Mishigas until like right before shooting started, which it kind of makes sense because we'll talk about it later, but there were also reshoots for this movie. Yeah after original production, this movie was a, a trial, I, I guess, uh, both before and after production.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it makes sense. You get a franchise like Star Wars, and you want it to be the best it can be.
0: Other than Star Wars, the original Star Wars, what did he direct? Howard Am- the Duck,
1: How American you- Graffiti. American Graffiti, yeah. American Graffitis.
0: I've heard it's good. I've never seen it, but it's I've okay. heard it's good.
1: It's, it's, it's okay, it's not... I mean,
0: you can probably make the argument that the success of Star Wars, you know, he kind of lucked into that because it was his baby and it was such a technical marvel at the time, so maybe it was less about his direction of, like, the actors themselves and more about
1: just the technical achievements of it. Well, when you look at, like, things like how he responded to Han uh, responding to Leia, like, where she says, I love you, and he says, I know. Yeah. He hated it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember and we talked about that. Lawrence
1: Kasdan had to, like, yeah, fight him on it, basically, like, no, trust me, this, so he had people who would kind of, like, oh, no, this is how I feel like this should be done, mm. and as we saw with these three movies he had way too much power.
0: Yeah. We had the score, of course, done by John Williams, which was good in this movie, although I remember you make the point during the movie, a lot of. The score in this movie is just kind of like retreads of the old stuff, which I guess is, it's true of not just these movies but the newer movies as well. It's kind of the same.
1: Well, yeah, because shtick. well, you look at it, it. What we between the Skywalker Saga's nine movies long. You only have so much, like yeah, yeah. especially when it's one guy trying to create something for a universe. So like you hear like certain things sound a little like Duel of the Fates. There was definitely an homage to the Imperial March. Yeah. Like, you hear things, and they change a little here and there, but you can clearly tell, like, no, that's the Imperial March. You took that little bit from, you hear it. And, you know, I I can't blame John Williams. He's still a great composer. It still sounds amazing. Yeah. But you're like, this would be the fifth movie in this saga. I guess it gets hard to write for the same...
0: Yeah, series yeah.
1: for five movies.
0: So let's talk about awards, accolades for this film. There are some, but mostly there are some bad ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, at the 2003 Oscars, this movie was nominated for visual effects and lost to The Two Towers. Master's my friend.
1: You don't have any friends. Nobody likes you.
0: So, makes sense. Even though I'm not really a Lord of the Rings Fan, but I get that it's like a big to-do.
1: It's another big spectacle.
0: Right. Um, This movie was nominated for not one, not two, not three, but seven Razzies. It won only two of them. So why don't you guess which ones that it won for?
1: Okay, worst lead actor.
0: Well, supporting. Oh, really? Hayden Christensen, who plays Anakin in this movie, we will fucking talk about him. He was nominated and won for supporting actor, and you want to guess
1: the other one? Worst romance.
0: No, it was nominated for that, Damn. but it won for worst screenplay. Okay. Which also makes sense because we'll get to the fucking writing in this. The other nominees that it had were worst picture, mm-hmm. worst remakes slash sequel, yeah, worst director, worst supporting actors for Natalie Portman, and worst couple. It lost all of those to Guy, Ritchie and Madonna's movie, Swept Away, which I've never heard of before this, but apparently it was, like, really awful. Can't hit a woman, you fucking lunatic!
1: I am the boss now. I didn't know Guy, Richie, and Madonna ever made a movie together. I think
0: they... Weren't they together at one point?
1: I, dear, I am oblivious to Hollywood. I don't know. I don't know this <laughs> shit either, but whatever.
0: So, apparently this movie takes place ten years after The Phantom yes. Menace. It was shot over 61 days in several different countries, including Spain, Italy, and Tunisia. So, yeah. There's, there's lots of uh, fun facts in this movie. Also, you want to know a really fun fact oh, before yeah. we get into the nitty gritty? Sure. So, for those of you who don't know, I grew up in the 90s. And in the 90s, there was this little thing that became a big to-do called, like, pop boy bands. And my favorite pop boy band was In Sync. I was an InSync girl, In Sync all the time, day and night. Know all their lyrics, obsessed, still obsessed, really. Um, and apparently, according to IMDb, In Sync filmed a scene playing Jedi in this movie, but it was ultimately cut. It, and this was this movie was filmed mid two thousands, so this is like prime In yes. time, like no strings attached. Yeah, so I don't know why they were like, hey, NSYNC, want to be in our movie? That'll get the kids in the theater, and then just cut it. I don't know, but it's, I want to see it. I I know it's floating around somewhere on Skywalker Ranch. I want to see it.
1: You want to see it. You want to invade George Lucas's house just to see that scene.
0: Damn right. (laughs) Oh, God. So, yeah, we can get into the nitty-gritty. Just to let you guys know, like... We're not the only people who regard this slightly more than the first one. This movie has a 65% critic score and a 56% audience score. So not great by any means. Not good, not great, nothing. But
1: it's better than the first one. (laughs) So you ready for the nitty and the gritty, Frankie? Absolutely. Okay. So like every great Star Wars movie, we begin with The Crawl. So, the crawl basically says that the Republic needs to form an army. They can't. The Jedi are spread too thin and they can't defend the galaxy. And there's a lot of problems.
0: Hence the war of the stars.
1: So, we start with Senator Amidala flying down because she's about to go make a big vote in the Senate to stop this army from being formed because she's afraid of the army. She's walking down her ship, and suddenly the ship explodes from the inside. And then suddenly the uh, pilot runs over, and it's Natalie Portman, who's like, Oh, no, I didn't know my stunt double was going to explode. (laughs) Not
0: your stunt double, your your decoy. Decoy. And then she's like, as the decoy laser dies, she's like, I'm sorry, Senator, I failed you. And I'm like, no, you pretty much did exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, Be
1: a decoy and get killed for the fucking queen. Exactly. Which is funny to me, because now Panaka, who's next to her, drags Padme inside, but no one else is reacting. We figure some people react to a ship exploding.
0: A bunch of dead people.
1: So they go straight to Palpatine's office, where he is meeting with the Jedi Council. They have to keep Padme safe, and they're afraid, because this is apparently not the first attempt at her life. So he goes... Uh, well, Senator, we need to give you a Jedi detail. How about an old friend? How about Obi-Wan Kenobi?
0: We love (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: Oh, yes, we do. She's a little perturbed, but she accepts Obi-Wan to come protect her. So then we cut to Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker riding in an elevator.
0: Yes. So we obviously have Obi-Wan played again by Ewan McGregor. Looking fine as hell. Looking yeah. so much better than the first movie. With his beard and his long hair. He's got that rat tail. Bye-bye now. And he's he's a man. Well,
1: he's a Jedi master now. Oh,
0: yes. Oh, yes. You sure are the master, Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: Frankie is very thirsty for Obi-Wan I Obi-Wan Oh,
0: Obi-Wan. I love Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the, I love you, McGregor in general. <laughs> but Obi-Wan Kenobi is very handsome in this movie. And we have... Anakin Skywalker, played by Hayden Christensen. Oh,
1: yes indeed.
0: Not a great choice. He's kind of just like a whiny, petulant child the whole time.
1: Yeah, I think that was a part of the direction too, and I feel like that was a mistake as well.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I, I that's the thing. Like I don't know if this is necessarily Hayden Christensen's fault. I don't think he's like the best actor in the world under normal circumstances, but these I would say probably aren't normal circumstances. Well,
1: so at the time, at at filming this, he is 21 years old.
0: Yeah. Well, he's supposed... Anakin's supposed to be 19. Yeah, so... so it's not. It's fine. I do want to share a fun fact... Oh, okay. ...about this particular part with them in the elevator. So this is one of the many scenes in the film that was part of a reshoot huh? post-production. And uh, there's a little bit of movie magic present in this scene. So after filming... Attack of the Clones, Ewan McGregor appeared in a film called Black Hawk Down. I've never seen it. Yeah. It's a pretty highly regarded yes, film. It is. He plays a military yeah. personnel in that film, so he had to shave his beard and his long hair and get a buzz cut. So when the reshoots were done while he was filming for Black Hawk Down, they had to give him fake hair and a fake beard for certain scenes. There's a couple other moments in the movie as well, aside from the elevator scene. But this is one of the scenes where I feel like you can kind of tell.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, because it's face-on. It's like, it's just him and Anakin.
0: Yeah, you can kind of tell. It's not, like, glaringly horrible. But if you really look, you can kind of tell it looks
1: different. There's a scene later on where they get him, like, profile, where it's really obvious.
0: Yeah, it's a little little rough at times. But what are you going to do?
1: Exactly, so... Anakin and Obi-Wan are sitting in this elevator, and Anakin's like, I haven't seen her in 10 years, uh, I'm nervous. And Obi-Wan's looking at him and goes, stop sweating, you just don't need to be nervous. You're a Jedi, get your shit together. <laughs> they ride this elevator up to Padme's room, they step out of Padme's room, and who's there to greet them, Frankie? Who, Scott? Army! It's so so smart to see you, Yusa! Good to see you again, Jar Jar. Lucky, lucky, Senator. He's a Jedi arriving. Jar Jar Bix. God damn it. <laughs> Jar Jar is there, and he's like,
0: Oh, Annie! Jan. So in this movie, one of the things that makes it automatically better than The Phantom Menace is that Jar Jar, while in this particular scene, has definitely a, a lesser role.
1: Throughout the prequel trilogy, he's in so much of Phantom Menace that he's got three scenes in this movie. And in the next movie he's in one scene.
0: Yeah, I I feel like because Jar Jar got such a bad reaction in the Phantom Menace, Lucas probably was like, Okay, we should like back off of him a little bit. But then, like, the the things that they have him do and like it's not necessary to have him in it. I feel like Lucas was just trying to hold on to Jar Jar by well, the skin of his
1: teeth. Well, yeah. Lucas likes the joke that he had this grand plan for Jar Jar, which I definitely don't think he had this grand plan for Jar Jar. I think the fans made that plan, and then he's later like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was the plan, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because of Jar Jar being Jar Jar, and because of what he does later in the film, there is like a fan theory, quote-unquote, that Jar Jar is actually a secret Sith. And Ahmed Best was quoted as saying that there were different plans, quote-unquote, for Jar Jar. That were never realized, including a deleted scene where Palpatine and Jar Jar are secretly talking. So I don't know if there's necessarily merit to it. I think it would have been cool if that happened. I mean, that definitely wouldn't have been expected. But Lucas, I don't think, has ever really like flat out said like, oh, yes, this was the plan. So I I can see it either way, either the way you're saying, or he just kind of glommed onto an idea that was much better than any idea he had, or there was actually a plan, but then Jar Jar was hated so much, and then they fucked
1: off with it. Well, yeah, that, also Jar Jar, I think they definitely decided, oh, we're just going to make him the Patsy here, because that was the easy thing to do. So Anakin and Obi-Wan strut in, and now they're talking to Padme, and, uh... Obi-Wan and Anakin have a disagreement about how they should be handling this.
0: They literally act like, throughout this whole movie, they're either acting like a disgruntled father and son or an old married couple. And it's like weird, I don't know. But I think it's even more important regarding this scene is how obsessed Anakin is with Padme. It's like obvious from the get-go and it's creepy.
1: Yeah, initially Obi-Wan's like, Okay, we're here to protect you. That's what we're here to do. If anything happens, we are here. And Anakin goes, Oh, no, we're going to find out who tried to kill you. And Anakin's like, Protection is a job for local security, not Jedi. It's over, Killmaster. Investigation is implied in our mandate. We will do exactly as the Council has instructed. And you will learn your place, young one. Jar Jar and Anakin walk off to the side, away from everybody. And as you said, Anakin's clearly obsessed with her because he goes to Jar Jar and goes, i thought about her every day for ten
0: years. Yeah, like, that's not normal. Like, even if you have, like, a little crush on somebody, it's not normal to just think about them obsessively every single day for ten years.
1: Yes. We're married. Frankie, do you think about me every single moment of every single day? Not every
0: moment. I mean, I think about you every day because I live with you. Oh, How romantic.
1: I do, too. But the way Anakin says it here, it sounds like,
0: I thought about her every moment. I mean, all the writing in this movie basically sounds like a school play. It's like, oh, I love her so much. I think about her all the time. And then, like, there's one point where, like, Anakin's talking about his relationship with Obi-Wan. And he's like, he's like my father. You know? He looked after me, and I'm like, okay, these are not things that you just say, like, you know, show, don't tell, and, like, when you want this guy to be, like, forlorn about this girl, that's fine, but don't do it in such a creepy way.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's better ways to do
0: Especially this. when he's incredibly immature, like, the character of Anakin mm. is disgustingly immature.
1: Oh, he's disgustingly immature, and it's just the things he says are just fucking terrible. So then we cut to nighttime, and we see Django Fett hire someone to kill Padme. Django, now your love
0: has gone away. Lost you love By, I'm gonna say this wrong. Temuera Morrison, who played Aquaman's dad in the recent, movie. Huh. so he, you know he's he's cool and all.
1: Yeah, he he did a, he did a fine job. You know, he was fine.
0: I mean, there's no one in here that I think is bad as far as the acting.
1: No, nobody, nobody. It's did.
0: just you know the writing. Like I, Anakin's bad. Like Hayden Christensen is bad.
1: Uh, I, don't, I, I don't blame him for being bad. I think it's the writing direction that made him bad because there's other movies he's in where he's a competent actor. Uh, He's okay. Like, Like, yeah, competent. It's not...
0: Yeah, I mean, like, listen, like, even if there was good writing in this movie, he probably wouldn't have done great or anything. Wouldn't have been anything to write home about, but he would have been fine. This is just, like, I feel like the character was written as a petulant little asshole, so that's how he acted.
1: That's probably true. So we cut back to Obi-Wan and Anakin kind of having another little squabble outside of Padme's room where Anakin basically is like, I can sense everything in her room. I will know when she's in trouble. And Obi-Wan's like, what, you're using her as bait? He goes, well, it was her idea. (laughs) So with all their sensing of what's going on in the room, they don't sense two fucking poisonous worms being let into the room by a robot.
0: Yeah, that's a weird choice. If you're going to try and kill somebody, like, why would you send little worms into the... Like, that's a weird choice.
1: Uh, Especially, like, two... You figure if two of them, you might just send, like... If you're going to do it that way, send a bunch.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: You know, send, like, 40. But, uh, yeah, so they send these worms, and finally Anakin and Obi-Wan come bursting through the door, cut the worms, and Obi-Wan jumps out the window at the robot, which was pretty awesome. So he, he's holding on to the robot as it's flying through the streets.
0: Yeah, and this is one of those moments where, like, it's obvious that the CGI is not great. There was, at this point beforehand, you could see, like, the background in the outside, and it was, like, kind of just like a cityscape, like, yeah. at night. It was kind of lit up. It was, like, fine. It was nice. But then as soon as Obi-Wan jumps out of the window and grabs onto the little robot and flying through the air. You can tell that he's not there, the robot's not there, none of this is real, and it's weird and awkward.
1: As he's flying through, uh, the robot gets sniped out of the sky by the uh, bounty hunter, and Anakin flies under him and catches Obi-Wan Kenobi as he falls. And again, they have a a little back and forth of Obi-Wan going like, What took you so long? Oh, you know, Master. I couldn't find a speeder that I really liked. Terrius with the open cockpit and the right speed capabilities. You spent as much time practicing your saber techniques as you knew which you would rival Master Yoda as a swordsman. I thought I already did. Only in your mind, my better young apprentice.
0: Yeah, like, so there are times when their back and forth is, like, cutesy, but a lot of the time, and it's a fucking theme throughout the whole movie, that, um... Anakin has, like, a real problem with Obi-Wan. And I guess the reason that they did it like that was to hammer it home to, like, Obi-Wan's Anakin's father and, you know, father and son don't always get along. Okay. It just seems like Anakin is so resentful of Obi-Wan and there's just no reason for it. So, like, the vitriol just kind of seems weird at times.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it definitely does seem a little weird and a little aggressive. Uh, so they get into the ship and now they're chasing after the bounty hunter because this chase scene goes on a little while. And suddenly Anakin takes a shortcut and Obi-Wan's like, we lost her.
0: And then Anakin just like jumps out of the ship <laughs> and jumps onto another ship which happens to be driven by the bounty hunter that they're chasing.
1: That was some shortcut, Anakin. He went completely the other way. Once again, you've proved If you'll excuse
0: me. I hate it when he does that. Really? Does he jump out of cars very often and try to, like, smash into other cars?
1: Apparently enough that Obi-Wan hates it.
0: You just hate his youthful spirit, Obi-Wan.
1: So, and again, he's now hanging from the ship with the bounty hunter, and he loses his lightsaber, which Obi-Wan grabs from behind him. Anakin eventually gets to the point where he gets the pilot to crash. She escapes, and he and Obi-Wan follow her into a bar. Now, in this bar, they're walking around. Obi-Wan goes to Anakin, Be careful, I'm gonna go get a drink. And we get probably one of the most quoted lines in this entire mo- Well, number two.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, we, we get some uh, patented Obi-Wan sass.
1: So, Obi-Wan sits down at the bar has his drink. Guy comes up to him and goes, You want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. And while this is coming on, the changeling, because they determined that this person is a changeling, because, you know, why not? Sure. <laughs> Obi-Wan turns and fucking hits her with a lightsaber. Because yes. Obi-Wan is really good at killing people in bars.
0: So then they, they like, take her outside and they try to, like, interrogate her and find out who hired her. And right before she tells them who hired her, she gets hit in the neck with a dart by some mysterious flying man. And oh. he disappears and that's the end of that.
1: Yep, and she, like, turns back into, like, a lizard person.
0: So after this whole fiasco, the Jedi are like, okay, we need to send Padme away. Let's send her away with uh, Anakin so Anakin can protect her. And in the meanwhile... They say to Obi-Wan, okay, you go and investigate this mysterious man who tried to kill Padme and figure out what's going on.
1: Yeah. Anakin looks at the uh, the Jedi Council and goes, I don't think Padme will uh, go so easily. And they go, okay, go talk to Palpatine. He'll tell you what to do. So Anakin starts talking to Palpatine. And Palpatine lets slip that. He's been guiding Anakin for the past ten years, just on the side but uh and very, he's,
0: spoopy. Where he's very
1: spoopy very very spoopy and how he's like don't worry you'll be the strongest jedi ever don't you worry
0: basically he like coddles him strokes his ego because that's the thing like obi-wan and like the rest of the jedi have a real concern about anakin because they think that he's too much of a arrogant asshole and he's unpredictable which he fucking is yeah. so i mean like That's why, like, I can't imagine it was that much of a fucking shock when he ended up turning to the dog side, because it's like he's been a little shit this whole fucking time, basically. But Anakin has a little chat with Padme, because Padme, she agrees to go away with Anakin to be absconded with, to be protected. Yes. Uh, And before she goes, she basically gives all her power away.
1: To fucking Jar Jar. Yeah, Yeah, she makes Jar Jar the representative.
0: This... Oh, God. Okay, why? Why?
1: Why? 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 Well, A, how does this work? So, because a senator is in danger, she can suddenly give all her power to someone else? doesn't
0: make any sense. that's That's why I make the argument that Lucas just wanted to, like have some kind of finger hold still on jar jar in the story for some reason so anakin has like a fucking conversation with padme as they're like getting ready to go and he's just like so creepy and like aggressive like he first he talks shit mad mad shit about obi-wan and it's like okay hold on bro You're the, like, Obi-Wan's the only reason that you're actually a Jedi, because after Qui-Gon died, they could have just sent your ass back to Tatooine to be a fucking slave, but instead, Obi-Wan fought for you... Despite the fact that even he thought it was a bad idea, but he did it for Qui-Gon, and he fucking trained you to be a Jedi, ungrateful (laughs) shit. But but I could be stronger than Obi-Wan, I'm stronger than him, and he holds me back, and yeah, 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 okay, whatever, sweetie, he's, and then, and then right after that, he's like, oh, I, I respect Obi-Wan, I, I, I respect him so much, he's like a father to me, and then I'm just thinking like, you sure? Because Mr. Fizzles can sense when you're being a
1: liar.
0: Okay, sweetie.
1: He, so he's being creepy. He's got like a creepy face Oh, yeah. With Padme. He's got like a creepy
0: face with Padme for sure. And she, there's absolutely zero chemistry between them still. Even now it's a new actor and they're actually like the same fucking age. Yeah. And they're both, you know, attractive humans. You'd think that, you know, it'd be easier for them to find chemistry. Nope
1: nope <laughs> well yeah she even looks at him at one point he like gets really close to her and he's like telling her how he's fought about her for like 10 years and he, like he, he legitimately tells her this and she goes i'm uncomfortable yeah she tells him to his face i'm uncomfortable with this this is wrong yeah and, you know, and
0: there are situations like with couples Especially couples in, like, movies with, like, they don't like each other, but they really do underneath it all like each other, and they're just flirt. you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, this isn't that. No. This is, she's genuinely uncomfortable, and she, like, cannot get out of the room fast enough, and then as she's leaving, he gives this, like, sneeringly, like, almost Grinch-like smirk. Please don't look at me like that. Why not? It makes me feel uncomfortable.
1: Sorry, m'lady.
0: Sorry, my lady. <laughs> oh, so that creepy. line.
1: That line is even the worst it's of it so all. It's so
0: creepy, and it's like, it shouldn't.
1: No, no. Stop it. it. Sorry, my lady. So then we cut, because now we're going to cut back and forth between Obi Wan and Anakin. Mm-hmm. A bunch. So we cut back to Obi Wan, who, you know what? He has a hankering for some pancakes. Write this down, you toad faced frump. I love pancakes. Ooh. He has some hankering. So he goes to his favorite diner. T- I want to
0: go to a fucking space diner. That sounds like fun.
1: A space diner? Any
0: diner would sound lovely right now, actually.
1: That is very true. Any <laughs> diner does sound very lovely right now.
0: But yeah, Obi-Wan goes to this diner to get info from the cook. The cook there is an old friend of Obi-Wan's. And he's his big gelatinous, almost jaw, not jaw jaw.
1: No, he's just, he's just well. Oh,
0: no, fuck. What am my name? Alien. No, the big fucking guy from regular Star Wars.
1: Oh, Java? Yeah. He looks nothing like Jabba. Jabba's but he's a worm.
0: Fat like Jabba. <laughs> Ewan McGregor carries this scene because he's just so handsome and charming.
1: It's it's fine when they have a close up on the 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 alien diner owner's face. It doesn't look good, but overall, it's a fine scene. Oh, you
0: know what though? This movie. Posed a very interesting question to me, okay. Okay, so one of the waitresses, this little droid waitress lady, she asked Obi Wan if he wants a cup of Jawa juice. And I look at Scott and I says, to Him, I says, Are Jawas like creatures? Yeah, was like, Yeah, and I'm like, So, why, what's the juice? Like, is it just their sweat? Is it their pee? <laughs> What is this? I have to know. Uh, are, they, are they flavored Jawa juices? Like, is there an orange flavored Jawa juice with like a zest of orange and some Jawa sweat, or is there a lemon one with some Jawa piss and a sprig of lemon? Why do you need, going
1: back to Jawa piss? I
0: need to know, Scott, because what other juices are there?
1: I'm sure they can make juice.
0: They're not. But it's why is it called Jawa juice? Because the, the Jawa means initially. It's from Jawa.
1: Because the Jawas initially made it. it. doesn't mean it's...
0: That doesn't... No. No. That doesn't
1: make sense.
0: Orange juice is called orange juice because it's made from oranges. So therefore, the transitive property produces <laughs> that Jawa juice is made from Jawas. And I want to know, what liquid are they producing to
1: give us juice? Fine. It's their pee. Are you, are you happy now? No. I really
0: mean, not at all. I just don't understand.
1: So the diner owner basically tells Obi-Wan, because he he shows the diner owner the dark, and of course, the the random diner owner knows about the dark coming from Kamino.
0: Which is a planet outside of
1: the... Main Republic. Right,
0: it's like on the Outer Rim, that's what he says.
1: It's 12 parsecs from the Outer Rim. So he goes to look for Kamino in the archives... Just to, because he's like, it's around it's a there. He doesn't give him an exact location because he doesn't know. So uh, he goes to the archives and he can't find Kamino in the archives.
0: Oh, yes. And the uh, the like head archive lady is trying to help him. Like you know, She's basically like a librarian. And she's like, oh, Master Kenobi, this planet you speak of doesn't exist. And he's like, no, no, maybe the archives are just incomplete. And she-, <laughs> she gets so mad. She's like, well, fine. She just walks away. It's like, don't you fucking tell me how to do my job. Do I tell you how to do your job and use your fancy lightsaber? No. Everybody in the fucking galaxy far, far away is very salty.
1: So then we cut back to Padme and Anakin. They're on the sh- uh, a unregistered ship back to Naboo. So they're sitting there having this conversation. And Padme goes, I thought Jedi weren't meant to love. He goes, oh. Possession is forbidden. Compassion,
0: which I would define as unconditional love, is central to a Jedi's
1: life. We're supposed to love. We're meant to love. We're
0: encouraged to love. And I'm like, no, I don't think you are. But, okay, like, sure.
1: (laughs) We're skirting the rules here.
0: Just a little bit, because he wants that Padme pussy.
1: Next we cut right back to Obi Wan, who goes to talk to Yoda, who's Lots in of the,
0: talking in the
1: yeah, Who goes to talk to Yoda who's in the middle of a class with a bunch of young Padawans? Obi Wan goes to Yoda, I can't find this planet, it's supposed to be in the archives, I can't find it. So Yoda goes, Hmm, Master Kenobi lost the planet
0: (laughs) how embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) oh my god even yoda's salty what the fuck's going on here yeah
1: but yoda's funny and
0: then they have like a powwow with the kids yoda's like using the situation to educate the kids they set up like a projection of the solar system or whatever and they're like okay the planet's supposed to be here but it's not in the archives why would that be and a little kid just pipes up and he's like um maybe because someone deleted it from the archives And it's like, okay, you couldn't have figured that out without the five-year-old telling you? (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, okay. Like, great. That's a good idea, kiddo. Like, hello. Aren't you guys supposed to be fucking smart?
1: (laughs) So we cut back to Anakin, who has taken Padme back to Naboo they have this meeting, and they ha- Anakin and Padme get into a little squabble.
0: Yeah, he gets really snippy with her when she, like, asserts herself, and she's like, no, I'm, you know, I'm gonna take the lead here, this is my home, I know what I'm talking about. And he's like, like, takes a deep breath, and like, okay, like, holding back anger, he's like, yes, my lady." and I'm like, okay, you, what, you have a problem with assertive women? Why are you fucking wanting to date a queen here?
1: Well, not even that, she also, she at one point calls him a Padawan,
0: yeah, which is what he is, and he gets like pissy about that too. And it's like, okay, sweetie, you're not a fucking like Jedi master. Like, calm down. He's he seems very not only just like a little pissant, but like controlling as well. Oh, like he just doesn't, you know, just not a good recipe for a mate. No.
1: So Obi Wan goes to Kamino. He oh. finds Kamino. He lands. He walks in. Meets the cloners as they are numb. The people of Kamino, who go oh, the army's basically ready for you. And he's like, army? Turns out, Master sifo over ten years ago...
0: Which is a character who
1: we never see or meet ever. He's, he, we meet him in... It's just nobody. I think we meet him in a flashback in the Clone Wars TV series.
0: But, like, why, why would you even... Because it just makes it more confusing, and, like, it doesn't need to be another totally different person. Why don't you have it be Qui-Gon? I was gonna say, you could've made it be Qui-Gon. You could've made it be, like, one of the, like, Yoda or fucking Windu. You could've made it be any
1: of them. Yeah, like, it, it, it seemed to make very little sense, but, uh, so Sifo-Dyas petitioned this clone army without the council or the republic knowing. Blah, blah, blah. They have this giant army of clones made from Jango Fett. Jango! Django. This bounty hunter the only thing he asked for was money and a clone that doesn't grow fast.
0: Yeah, because all the other clones they like rapidly age so they can quickly become an adult and like be you know good fighters and whatnot. But he wanted a regular old kid.
1: Imagine being that kid and you're like, Oh, I'm playing with all these other kids. And all these other kids grow up at high stakes age.
0: And this kid, we meet him in just a little bit, but he's supposed to be the young Boba Fett which yes. is kind of weird like how is that
1: received generally? Not well not well, it was not received well because it wasn't said that Boba Fett was a clone, it doesn't add anything, It doesn't. It, it's just kind of stupid to be honest Obi-Wan comes in there and uh, has a discussion with Jango Fett I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe ever made your way as far into the interior as Coruscant once or twice Recently, possibly, you know, he's like, okay, that's fine. And he walks out and Django's like, we got to (laughs) go.
0: They're on to (laughs) us.
1: So, uh, yeah, Annie and Padme have more talks, Um, Just more
0: talking. Anakin and Padme are like walking around and like chatting about things. And this is where we get the pretty infamous line of,
1: I don't like sand. It's coarse. Rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere.
0: How? How is that deemed to be a good line to put in your movie where you want the two leads to be romantically entwined and, like, have engaging, romantic, flirty conversations?
1: Also, you figure he comes from Tatooine.
0: Yeah, there's sand everywhere!
1: Like... (laughs) get over yourself
0: oh my god you
1: lived around sand your entire life
0: yeah like
1: you should be the same castle champion
0: bro like what are you talking about and then they have the most weird awkward like five seconds of just like dull mind-numbing silence just staring at each other like intently When
1: well, he looks at me and i look at him and he looks at me And I look at him And he looks at me
0: And I look at him You think Anakin's gonna fucking stab her in the fucking skull The way he's looking at her But then they just like slowly but surely Like lean in and have the most Soulless kiss (laughs) Ever in creation And they kiss for like a good Like 30 seconds before Padme's like No I can't And then we move on And they're just like next scene, they're, like, sitting in a fucking grassy field, which, this background, this is one of the backgrounds that actually looks good. It's, like, a grassy field, and then, like, a fucking waterfall yeah. background. So That was kind of nice. But then, like, they, they're chatting about, like, democracy, and how Padme's a uh, politician, and Anakin doesn't trust politicians, and he doesn't like how the system works. he sounds like a fucking, like, little teenager, like, fucking emo like oh i don't like the government fuck off and
1: there should be somebody to make them do what they're supposed to yeah do. that
0: was so stupid he's like yeah i want a democracy but like if they don't follow it then they have to have someone make them do it and i'm like that's not a democracy you're actually describing a dictatorship and as soon as i said that padme goes well that sounds more like a dictatorship to me and i'm like yes it is Yes,
1: oh it is and during this we also get like a playful scene where Anakin's riding this beast and falls down. Because it's
0: funny. And he fakes <laughs> and he,
1: and he that he's hurt and Padme comes running over like, Anakin,
0: no! Oh no.
1: And he's sitting there laughing and they, Oh,
0: and then they roll around in the grass. And she did oh,
1: like mounts Sin. It's and,
0: so cute. And then it just kind of freezes for a couple of seconds before it moves to the next thing. It's weird. I don't know. It's it, The whole thing is weird, man.
1: Now they're sitting and having food
0: and oh yes, they're eating, fucking a single pear with a knife and a fork.
1: Yeah, he he like takes the pear away from her with the force.
0: Yeah, it's like floating in the like. And then
1: he brings it to himself, cuts God. a slice, and then floats it back to her. I'm like,
0: it's so weird because literally within these three scenes, Padme goes from very clearly uncomfortable and not okay and awkward with everything that. Fucking Anakin is doing towards her to giggly and flirty. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. Because it's. No. No, 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 no.
1: You misunderstood.
0: His behavior hasn't changed. He's still the same creepy kid, but now suddenly you like him and you're like giggling and all flirty and shit. It doesn't
1: make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at one point he looks at her and he goes, the, the closer I get to you after that kiss that shouldn't have been. Oh yes,
0: they have like this angsty emo kid fucking seeing him by a fireplace and literally he just expels this like 14 year old emo poetry at her.
1: I'm haunted by the kiss. That you should never have given me my heart is beating hoping that that kiss will not become a scar it's like ridiculous yeah it's not good and they're like we can't we can't do this that's basically what's decided here we can't do this we can't be in a relationship so now we cut back to obi-wan who's now been told by yoda to go get Django, bring him in for questioning and they get into a nice little fight here
0: oh yes Obi-Wan, like, literally does a karate kick in the air, like, at least two or three times. Yes.
1: <laughs> Django knocks his lightsaber away from him. Obi-Wan knocks his gun away. There's
0: one point, Jango has, like, a grappling hook kind of thing, like, attached to his belt or something. And Obi-Wan grabs it, and then Jango falls over the side of, like, a building. And <laughs> uh, Ewan McGregor says, like, oh, this is not good. Like, it's like fucking, This the writing is like, oh, god damn it.
1: I bet you the guy who wrote this, like, that's funny. That's really funny. Oh,
0: no, no, that was definitely George Lucas. It's the same fucking thing as Phantom Menace, where uh, fucking Anakin was like, yeah. this is tense. It's like that fucking thing. It's like, enough.
1: So, Django and Boba are starting to fly away. Obi-Wan throws a tracker on them, and they go to uh, Geonosis.
0: Oh, and at one point too, Obi Wan makes a comment
1: when he's flying. Yeah, Obi Wan's flying and he's chasing after Django. But he at one point he's flying away. He goes, "God, I hate flying," because that's come up a couple times in this yeah, movie. Yeah,
0: he mentioned that a couple times before that, and I'm like, D- "Dude, you live in space. You're a
1: Jedi. You fly you, all over the place." Yeah,
0: like what? I hate flying. Okay. Okay. Was that, like, a thing in the original? I don't remember him ever saying no, that No, I don't before. remember him saying that So it's just like, that's just a thing you came up with for this fucking movie? Like, okay. Yeah. It's stupid. Doesn't make sense. They all fucking fly. They're in space. They
1: fly now! They fly now! They fly now! So he goes to Geonosis, and he realizes Count Dooku is working with the Separatists and has a droid army. He needs to send a message to Anakin. We're gonna cut back to Anakin's story.
0: What I think is weird, though, about this, I will I will say that, like, they mention Count Dooku now. It's pretty fucking late in the movie, and he's supposedly supposed to be, like, the main villain in this, but they don't even show him until, like, maybe the last, like, half hour of the movie. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it's weird. Yeah. But I will say Count Dooku is played by Christopher Lee, who is right. obviously a legend. To make another reference to Lord of the Rings, he played... Saruman. Yeah, in Lord of the Rings. I don't like Lord of the Rings, okay? Leave me alone. <laughs> but I know, him. He's one of the old guys. Let's just hope that we never have to talk about Lord of the Rings on this
1: show. That means we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings in this I show.
0: I don't want to. I tried to watch Lord of the Rings years ago and I fell asleep. I was bored. It's boring.
1: <laughs> Maybe one day, guys. We'll it's talk boring. about it.
0: Boring! I don't wanna!
1: You watched The Phantom Menace.
0: I know! It was hard. <laughs> it was really difficult.
1: Oh, God.
0: Lord of the Rings isn't funny bad, though. At least, Phantom Menace, we could make fun of it in some parts. But I have a feeling The Lord of the Rings isn't really funny boring. It's just fucking boring. <laughs> it's just a bunch of people walking <laughs> for three hours.
1: Uh, that's not true. There's other things that happen. Don't
0: they have a dragon? Can't they just fly to where they want to go?
1: No, the dragon's in The Hobbit. and it's But dragons exist in this world. Well, they die. So
0: they can get a dragon <laughs> and fly into the whatever.
1: Dragons aren't creatures that really like people. They're, like, hoarding gold. Have you
0: seen Game of Thrones? You just find the fucking Mother of Dragons.
1: <laughs> oh, now, we're, now we're twisting the stories.
0: Anyway, we're totally getting off topic.
1: Uh, so now we come back to Anakin and Padme, because I was tired of going back and forth. So uh, Anakin is sleeping in his bed, and he's having a nightmare, and he wakes up screaming, and Padme sees him standing out in the open air in the middle of the daytime, and goes, oh, I heard you wake up with a nightmare. He goes, my mother's being tortured. I have to go save her. Padme goes. Well, I'm coming with you. So they fly off to Tatooine.
0: What I would like to mention about Padme at this point, I I like Natalie Portman just fine. She's not an issue in this movie at all. But I did find it funny that like she had about fifteen thousand costume changes, <laughs> some of which were like cool looking, and some of which were like okay. But yeah. Even more so than The Phantom Menace. Because in The Phantom Menace, she basically was playing two characters. Because she was playing Queen Amidala and Padme. But in this one, she has even more fucking costume changes. And so most of the time, seemingly for no fucking reason.
1: Yeah, the, the, George Lucas had a thing with her hair? Like, a, she had different haircuts throughout the movie. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, a lot of them, too, were, like, not always buns. But they were, like, two
1: buns blobs or...
0: of hair on the side of her head. And we, like, we get it. You're Leia's mom. <laughs> like, okay.
1: So they go to they go to Tatooine. And Anakin's first instinct, which is usually actually, actually a pretty good instinct, he goes to uh Watto.
0: Oh yes. Didn't you didn't you miss Watto from the first movie? He's back, guys. So exciting.
1: And Watto doesn't recognize Anakin until uh Annie basically goes, Where's Shmi? And he goes, Oh, you're Annie! Ah, I sold Shmi <laughs>
0: <laughs> I sold your mom because she's a slave,
1: and uh, she was bought by Lars, who freed her and married her.
0: He he's a moisture farmer. Wink wink.
1: And uh, Anakin goes over to the moisture farm, where he meets Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen.
0: Owen's played by uh, Joel Edgerton in this movie. He is which I mean I kind of found interesting. Because he's actually a good actor, but for some reason, he's, like, in this movie for five seconds. <laughs> so that was a good call.
1: <laughs> Joel Edgerton, like, looks at him and goes, Oh, you're Anakin? So I'm your stepbrother. And Anakin, like, completely ignores no, like, him.
0: fuck you, bro. I don't give a fuck.
1: I don't know you. Yeah, he
0: seems very resentful of his mom's new family. Basically what happens, they find out they have a little chatty chat. And the guy, Lars, tells Anakin hey, your mom was kidnapped by Tuscan Raiders in the night. She's been gone for a month. We can't find her. She's probably dead. And it seems like he's kind of resentful of them because of that, which, I mean, that's at least
1: understandable. Well, Lars lost his leg.
0: Yeah. Like, I get it. I'm not mad at them. But, like, as an immature, upset young guy who hasn't seen his mom in 10 years, and then he goes to help her because he thinks she's in trouble and she's been kidnapped and her husband and like stepson are kind of just like, yeah, well, she's probably dead. Like that would kind of annoy me
1: too, to be fair. But in the same breath, you have to look at it this way. The Tuscan Raiders are at, in, at least in this universe are not known for their kindness. They usually kill a lot of things. So Anakin goes, stay here with them. They seem like good people. I'm going to go get my mother.
0: Yeah. And he, like they have a moment outside, uh, saying goodbye, uh, him and Padme, and, like, you just see their shadows against, like, the wall, and I was just thinking, like, wow, I feel more emotion watching these shadows of people than actually watching the people.
1: (laughs) Isn't that miraculous? No, it's funny, because I was reading online, somebody, a bunch of people apparently say the shadow of Anakin on this point looks like Vader. And I'm like, no, it really doesn't. It, yeah. It kind of looks like he has a helmet on, but it doesn't look like Vader. Yeah, I don't see that at all. Anakin goes, finds his mother. She's very close to death, but she doesn't look too bad. Couple scratches here and there.
0: Yeah, but she's probably been fucking tortured. Like, she yeah. probably had a very rough go.
1: She's dying in his arms tonight. Yeah,
0: and, okay. Oh, oh, oh. ruin it this is like the only moment (laughs) where I actually felt emotion like I remember I was sitting there and I'm like oh I feel something and Scott looks at me like I'm crazy like what I'm like I feel something look she's dying I feel it (laughs) I'm sad (laughs) like he's like you know he's crying you know she she's dying in, in his arms tonight and you know she's just saying, like, oh, Annie, Annie, you're here. You're so handsome. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You're my grown son now. And she, he's, like, crying. And it's it's actually, like, good moment. Yay.
1: Yeah, and then she just goes, tilts her head back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's pretty much a very obvious, like, over-the-top <laughs> moment. And
1: then Anakin goes out and just fucking slaughters the fucking Tusken Raiders.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned something. That I didn't notice the first time watching it, when he's about to kill them.
1: There's actually, if you listen closely, there is Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn saying, Annie, no, Qui-Gon as a force ghost is trying to communicate to Anakin... Yeah,
0: I didn't notice ...to that.
1: not kill the Tusken Raiders.
0: Yeah, Interesting.
1: Yeah, and we cut the Yoda who goes, I feel young Skywalker is in pain.
0: Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I liked that scene. Because it just seemed like it was there for no reason. It was just there so, like, we could make it clear to the audience. Like, okay, this has been an important moment for Anakin. He's made a turn towards the dark side. He's suffering. Okay, we get it. Like, w- we saw it. We saw it with our eyes. We don't need to be told it by another character.
1: Yeah, so Anakin... Takes Shmi's body back to the farm and he has a discussion with Padme, which. Oh, yeah, this scene is ridiculous. Oh, oh my god. He looks at Padme and goes, They're dead. Every single one of them. And not just the men, but the women and the children too. They're like animals. And I slaughtered them like animals.
0: This whole scene, the writing is basically like straight out of a school play. That's why I said that before, because it's just like so obnoxious and simple and but not in a good way. It's just ugh. First of all, he's blaming Obi-Wan for everything because why? I don't know. He's like, "It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's holding me back. I I'm, I'm a better Jedi than him." Like, shut up.
1: Yeah, I don't know why, you know, but he yells at Padme that he's loved all the Huskin Raiders. Yeah.
0: And then Padme, <laughs> Padme goes, he's like getting upset and throwing shit, and Padme just goes, "What's wrong, Annie?" What's wrong?
1: His mother's dead. Just
0: fucking, his mom just died a very horrible killed, death. And
1: he killed a whole tribe of people.
0: Yeah, like, don't be stupid, Padme. You're the only, like, normal, semi-tolerable fucking character in this movie besides fucking, like, Obi-Wan and maybe Windu
1: and Yoda. Oh, damn straight, Windu. Um, but so, Yoda
0: and Windu aren't in this enough for me to be satisfied.
1: No, they aren't. And so now Obi-Wan sends Anakin a message that Anakin sends to the Jedi Order about Dooku building this this army. And Windu tells Anakin, protect Padme, we're going to go get Obi-Wan. And Padme goes, well, I'm going to go get Obi-Wan, and they told you to protect me, so you're coming with me.
0: Oh, I'm sassy.
1: And they, of course, oh, I forgot, C-3PO's there. at.
0: Oh, yeah, C-3PO is at the moisture farm because Anakin created him in the first movie, as, as y'all remember, so... C-3PO is there with them and then when Anakin leaves, C-3PO comes with them and basically the rest of the movie, C-3PO and R2-D2 do this like little cute like bromancing dance and it's actually very cute. So they go to Geonosis to go save Obi-Wan.
1: Anakin and Padme, it's a whole assembly line fight. Whatever. Oh yeah,
0: they they go into like this factory where they're making all these like uh, droids. Yeah. Droids, right? droids. Yeah, they're making all these droids, and it, it's this is like really the the scene in the movie where you think it was from the first one because it just looks like a big pile of CGI shit where shit is just happening everywhere and it's just bleh.
1: Yeah. Anakin's lightsaber gets destroyed. Yeah. Padme almost gets killed. Archu saves her. Uh, C-Free po gets his head knocked off and put onto another droid.
0: Because, in comedy. Oh, my goodness. Shut me down.
1: Machines making machines. Uh, How perverse? And they get captured. Obi-Wan is talking to Dooku. And Dooku basically offers Obi-Wan to join him because he goes, I wish Qui-Gon was here because Qui-Gon would have joined me. And Obi-Wan's like, no, that's not true. Yeah, like,
0: fuck you, bro. Yeah, you know,
1: if you knew that the Senate was controlled by a Sith, you would join me too.
0: <sighs> Ooh, dun-dun-dun. Anakin and Padme are captured, and they're about to be, like, taken somewhere. And right before they are, Padme leans over to Anakin, like, I love you. And I'm like, no! <laughs> no, you don't! Stop this! And
1: Anakin looks there. and goes, really? And she goes, I thought you said we couldn't be together. And she goes,
0: Well, we're going to die anyway.
1: We're going to die anyway, so let's just do this. I'd rather just tell you that I love you than die with you not knowing.
0: Okay, whatever. Like, it's supposed to be this really powerful moment where, like, we're about to die, but I want you to know before we die, I want you to know I love you. And it's like, uh, I don't care. So the, the two of them are taken out into this Gladiator-style arena. Yes. And just as a side note, Gladiator came out in what, like...
1: 98?
0: 98, 99. Uh, This movie was filmed right around that time. Coincidence? I think not.
1: Are you not entertained?
0: But then uh, they go out, they're they're taken out there, and they're tied to a couple of posts right next to Obi-Wan, who is also tied to a post, and he looks pissed. Oh, he looks <laughs> He's like, "What the fuck are you doing here, you piece
1: of shit?" And he looks at he looks at Anakin <laughs> and he goes, "What are you doing here?" And Anakin goes, "We decided to come and rescue you." Good job.
0: Sassy motherfucking queen. I love him.
1: <laughs> so, they release these three beasts, one who is like a giant praying mantis, one who's like a rhino, and one who's like a lion dog
0: yeah and this part with all the Cgi creatures it it doesn't look terrible, but it doesn't look good either. No. It's very eh, not great like
1: uh, <laughs> you know where the the rhino kind of reminded me kind of looked like he could fit into that old Disney dinosaur movie.
0: Oh God, yeah, I actually have that particular movie rated as the worst <laughs> Disney movie of all time.
1: It's just called Dinosaur, right?
0: Yeah. It's terrible.
1: The only things I remember about that movie is there's a red T-Rex kind of looking thing with a horn.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, a monkey.
0: Oh, the monkeys are, oh my god. Or lemurs or whatever the fuck they are. Lemurs, yeah, I think they're lemurs. They're fucking ridiculous.
1: And the dinosaur, and there's like a... a
0: they're so ugly, too. Everything's ugly in that movie. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk
1: about Okay, anymore.
0: sorry. <laughs> it's so ugly and so bad.
1: So they release these beasts to try and kill the three of them. Uh, Padme quickly, like, escapes because no one realizes Padme has a thing to pick a lock. Which, why wouldn't you, you know... If you're fucking trying to kill somebody, you take everything fucking off them. Yeah,
0: like, you didn't search. <laughs> like, hello. <laughs>
1: so, she climbs to the top. She's dealing with the lion dog.
0: Yeah. Uh... Anakin
1: and... Anakin's uh, dealing Rino. with the rhino, and Obi-Wan's dealing with the praying mantis. Yeah. So, uh, praying mantis breaks Obi-Wan's chains, the rhino destroys the pillar, Anakin starts riding the rhino.
0: It, that looks, that looks particularly shitty. That's why I say the CGI is okay, it's definitely better than the first one, but whenever the actors are interacting with the CGI background or CGI things, it doesn't look good. Yeah. It's hard to make it look good, especially at that time. So maybe just, like, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, Anakin riding the rhino, she goes over to- towards her, and she's like, okay, jump down. And this Star Wars sound design has always been top-notch. So it doesn't surprise me. But when she jumps off and, like, sits on the rhino, like, it's not like she jumps on with her feet and then sits down. No. She jumps on, and, like, her business just max the fucking rhino and i felt it it hurt me and i was like ow <laughs> what'd you do that sweetheart ow oh
1: god so they run over the lion dog with the rhino and they're running around and suddenly obi-wan jumps on top of the rhino too so they're r- kind of dealing with droids now being let in trying to kill them and mace windu shows up
0: Oh, yes. And he unsheaths his purple fucking lightsaber, which let's talk about that for a minute because that's pretty fucking iconic, I would say. Oh, yeah. Sam Jackson. He said that he wanted to be able to identify himself during the Coliseum scene where like everyone's fighting. He wanted to be able to always see where he was in it. So Sam Jackson asked Lucas if he could have a purple lightsaber. And Lucas at first said that the, the lightsabers were only blue or green. To which Samuel Jackson said, yeah, but I want a purple one. <laughs> English, motherfucker, do you speak it? So Lucas just like, mm, okay, let me think about it. And eventually when the movie came out, he had the purple lightsaber. So he got what he wanted, which pretty badass, also, if you ask me. Well,
1: also, Sam Jackson's lightsaber had badass motherfucker written on it.
0: Because, I mean, the man is, in fact, a badass motherfucker.
1: <laughs> so Sam Jackson comes, he gets knocked into the fray. Uh, but a bunch of other Jedi come. They give Anakin Obi Wan lightsabers and Padme a pistol. They're fighting off these droids. The droids are outnumbering them. Jango decides to come down to fight them. Jango, Jango, and fucking Mace Windu. He gives gets a swift and chops his head off <sighs> as Boba looks on as he sees his father, or I guess. I mean, basically
0: his father. It's the only father you know. His so.
1: father himself. Yeah. Get his head chopped off.
0: Yeah. It's a little rough. So basically, this whole battle is ensuing, and it it is actually engaging, for the yeah. most part. I can't help but compare it to the big battle in the last movie, with uh, droids yeah. and the Gungans, and it's just like, you want to fucking tear your eyes oh, out. Yeah. But at least this is competently done.
1: Yeah. And the thing that bothers me about the Django Mace Windu thing is... Mace Window had his lightsaber knocked from his hand before, and as Jango lands, Jango dives for the lightsaber, and Mace Window forces is, is it back to his hand. Mike, like, why don't you just shoot him? Yeah. You're a bounty hunter. Arguably a very good bounty hunter. I don't know, because they don't really say, but I, I would assume you're a good bounty hunter, because Boba Fett's apparently one of the best in the galaxy, and he's you.
0: So... Right at the moment where you think the Jedi are kind of at their wits end, Dooku is kind of got him up against the wall.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, Dooku offers them a chance to give up. And then Yoda pops in with... A big ship
0: with a bunch of clones on it.
1: And they fight back the droids.
0: Yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. I do like this movie for the reasons that Windu and Yoda are actually doing shit in this movie. Like, for the first movie... And for, like, basically the first half of this one, they're just sitting in the fucking Jedi Council, not doing much. They're doing lots of talking, but nothing, like, really substantial. At least this, they're actually doing something and proving that they're fucking, like, kick-ass Jedi.
1: Oh, yeah. And they definitely kick a lot of ass. So they, they're they fighting back the droids. Everybody hops onto a ship. Dooku is meeting with the Viceroy, who's still in this movie.
0: Yeah, that weird guy that has the funny accent. Yeah, he's he's in this for some reason. What?
1: What did you say? He's in this movie and another random guy who apparently designed the Death Star and gives Dooku the plans for the Death Star.
0: Yeah, because, you know, we need references to, like, the good fucking movies.
1: <laughs> so Dooku starts riding away on a speeder bike and he's being chased by Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Padme.
0: Right.
1: A loose rocket comes up and Knocks the ship out, and Padme falls from the ship, and Anakin goes, No!
0: Oh no, he screams her name in like the screechiest, like, stupid way. Padme! Padme, no! <laughs> and Obi-Wan's like, Get yourself together, you fool. Like, hello.
1: What would she do? We got
0: shit to do. What? And he's like, I can't leave her. She's fine. It's
1: a bunch of sand. She'll be fine. But it's coarse and rough and gets everywhere, Frankie. God.
0: Anyway, so Anakin and Obi-Wan eventually arrive at the hangar where Dooku is, and they have this cool moment where they, like, lightsabers in hand, they jump off the ship, like, before it even lands, yeah. and they're running. I like that shot. That shot's cool.
1: That was a good shot. So they meet up with Dooku. Obi-Wan looks at him and goes, Okay, Annie, you're gonna go left, and I'm gonna go right. And Anakin goes, No, we're gonna go straight at him. And Anakin goes at him.
0: Which, okay, he's learned nothing. Like, when you went against your master's orders you got yourself into trouble multiple times throughout this movie. Like, so don't do that. Like, learn something. Like, you're really just, like, proving what everyone says about you, that they think you're unpredictable and you're not mature and you can't handle...
1: You're hot-headed. You yeah, you...
0: like, he's just a fucking little idiot. Well, I hate him.
1: He gets forced lightning down out of the way.
0: And no shit, you dumbass. So then Obi-Wan up find him by himself.
1: And uh, Dooku is more experienced than Obi-Wan. So he eventually, he hits Obi-Wan in the leg with the lightsaber and the arm, just making sure Obi-Wan can't fight. Yeah. And he goes to strike Obi-Wan down, and Anakin stops him at the last minute. So Anakin and Dooku are now going to fight.
0: Obi-Wan force pushes his own lightsaber into his hand and hands it off to Anakin. So he's got two lightsabers, yes. Dooku's one. I do like this fight. There are points where it's obvious like, that they're pulling away and doing wide shots because they want to avoid showing... Yeah, Christopher Cr- Lee
1: Christopher Lee's and old his man stunt double.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean despite that, it's it's still a good fight.
1: It's a good fight. Uh there's a point where the lights go out and the two of them are like you can see like the lightsaber light clashing and it's like lighting up their faces yeah, and yeah. like it's a cool shot. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Um basically Dooku gets the upper hand and just fucking chops off Anakin's hand. And then who shows up? Who's that? Yoda.
0: The-, the little green man.
1: Yes, Yoda's at the entranceway. He's running in. He's ready for a fight.
0: I love how when he walks, he just does the fucking old man grunts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nyeh.
1: Oh, God. So Dooku throws something at Yoda, and Yoda just, like, yeah, pushes it out of like the he's way. Yeah, like swatting
0: a fly. Like, get the fuck out of here
1: he then tries to drop something and yoda yoda pushes that away too pretty easily and then dooku shoots him with force lightning and yoda fucking absorbs it And he goes there's a lot you still have to learn dooku and dooku's like okay well if we can't decide it this way we're gonna decide it with lightsabers and they go at it for a little bit dooku i think feels like he's gonna lose this fight to yoda 'Cause the little green Muppet's kinda even with him right now. Ah, uh, please, I wish he was a Muppet.
0: Imagine how they would have did they wouldn't have been able to do like the fucking karate moves
1: with the uh, fuck <laughs> Kermit puppet. does karate
0: if it But not a- to this extent. This is pretty like swift and it wouldn't have been swift if he was a Muppet, let's put it that way. Yeah,
1: probably not. Finally Dooku decides, you know what? I'm gonna crush Obi Wan and Mannequin and fucking pulls the thing down and Yoda has to yeah, stop yeah. it from crushing the two of them. Dooku gets away as Yoda saves both Obi Wan and Mannequin.
0: Yay!
1: So Dooku flies away and goes and meets up with.
0: Lord Sidious. Lord
1: Sidious. Who is he-
0: fucking Palpatine. They have him like hooded and shrouded in like shadow. Like it's a secret who he really is and it's like, why are you doing that?
1: Well, I guess if you were just watching the first one. Well, why would you be doing that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, why
0: would you watch the prequels and never watch the original? That doesn't even make logical sense. Uh, I don't know. I mean, not to, I'm sure some people have done it, but it's just like, yeah. why?
1: During all of this, Palpatine's in his office with Jar Jar and a bunch of other senators. He goes, oh, well, if only we had a senator who was brave enough to nominate me as the chancellor to have all the emergency power, basically pulling a Hitler move.
0: And they all just turn around and look at Jar Jar. and right. This is kind of the... We
1: need someone brave enough to do it.
0: Yeah, it's fucking horseshit, but like... That's basically, I guess, the uh, the basis of the theory that he was secretly a Sith the whole time. Like, that it was, like, all a plan that Jar Jar was a
1: part of, and... Or he's just dumb enough to fall for it. Misa proposed that the Senate give immediately emergency powers to the Supreme Chancellor. (laughs)
0: Nisa <laughs> nominates Emperor Palpatine. Oh, did I say Emperor? <laughs> I meant Senator. Uh-huh, Chancellor ha-huh.
1: Palpatine. Lisa
0: so clumsy.
1: And then, of course, Palpatine accepts, and he's got all the power now. So we cut back to uh, Obi-Wan having a discussion with Yoda and Windu about the Senate. Now they have to keep a closer eye on the Senate now. They're worried because Goku said something about the Senate. And then we cut to Anakin, who was taking Padme back to Naboo. And they have a secret wedding. Ooh. Yes,
0: which isn't really that secret. I mean, they have the person that married them. That person knows.
1: Well, that person's dead.
0: What do you mean that person said?
1: Anakin kills him. (laughs) I have no idea.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to say, wait, what? I don't remember that. Um, (laughs) And then they have C-3PO and uh, R2 sitting there. So, I mean, it's not really a secret wedding.
1: And you know C-3PO would blab the fuck out of that. Yeah, he's got
0: the biggest mouth out of anyone in this goddamn galaxy. Well, I
1: even think, if you think about this movie, when... Anakin is sitting there and Padme falls out. I think at that moment, Obi-Wan kind of knows. Yeah,
0: I mean, he probably figured it beforehand because, like, he he was talking, like, so much about her and,
1: like, creepily so. Well, at least he assumes he's obsessed with her. Yeah,
0: yeah. But he he might not have fully understood how serious it was on Padme's side, too, until, like, later on. Maybe. So So, to celebrate Anakin and Padme's union, I thought we would have a little segment of what i like to call the cast could have been Ooh. and i thought also as a celebration of this marvelous occasion we would use a song from the star wars canon a song that could get us properly excited for this momentous occasion just one more round friend then a homeward bound friend don't forget me in your dreams Oh dear. Okay. So, really, I think what the people want to hear yes. is are the cast could have been for Anakin? You would think that the casting of Anakin would be very important and very yeah. thorough. Yeah. And for some reason, after that, they came up with Hayden Christensen as the best option. I don't know why. But let's discuss okay. some of our other options that were running around in the mix, okay? So, first off, Ryan Phillippe. Um, he, I mean, basically, all of these actors are, like, young, yeah. mostly blonde gentlemen yeah, well, or like, young kinda and kind of cutesy. Yeah,
1: he's, he's, like, he's done a lot of rom-coms. So I think he's, like, a rom-com guy.
0: So, he's not the worst uh, idea... This one I liked a lot. Misha Collins is apparently... Oh, Misha. uh, He auditioned for the role. For those of you who don't know who that is, he plays Castiel on Supernatural, my favorite show ever.
1: If the pizza man truly loves this babysitter, why does he keep slapping her rear? Perhaps she's done something wrong.
0: So that would have been cool. Although we wouldn't have got Castiel, probably, if he was in this. Paul Walker.
1: Makes sense.
0: Colin Hanks.
1: Oh, Tom's son?
0: Yes. He's kind of like a nerdy, well, like, it's... regular average Joe type guy.
1: Oh, look at his father. His father's a nerdy, yeah. average Joe type of guy, too. Yeah, true, so true, true, true. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree.
0: Uh, Christian Bale. Okay. Interesting choice. Heath Ledger.
1: Yeah, makes sense. That would have been really good.
0: James Vanderbeek.
1: Yeah, okay. James Vanderbeek probably would cost the most.
0: At that one, that time. Because I so feel like this
1: after Varsity Blues.
0: Or Heath Ledger, because it was, it's, uh. I think
1: this is before Nights. Ten Knight's. things I
0: hate about you. Before or after
1: this? I think that might have been right before this, yeah. and then Knight's Tale was like right after.
0: And then this one is probably the most interesting. This particular name got such a negative reaction that apparently they backed out. Leo DiCaprio.
1: That would have worked.
0: Why I got a negative reaction? He's a good actor. Maybe because he's so well known that people were like. Aah.
1: Well, he was—he's well known. Also, this is now two thousand two.
0: Yeah.
1: So and he's still—I'm assuming he's still very young at that point. He he already had done Romeo and Juliet, Titanic, and Eating Gilbert Grape.
0: Yeah. So this was post Titanic. Maybe that's why, because Titanic was such a big thing. And
1: but yeah, it's it, it's right in the middle. He's kind of known as just like a pretty boy. Yeah. He he hadn't adapted into the Leo we would know, because when you have Catch Me If You Can and Gangs in New York in the same year, right,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: that's when you started to get this Leo who was a little harder, a little... Right,
0: but before that, yeah, Titanic, he was kind of more pretty boyish, and maybe people didn't respond well to that. I yeah. don't know, but I think it would have been interesting if he was. That would have been cool.
1: I would have liked it. It would have been fun.
0: So that's it. What's the one that you think would have been best?
1: Either Leo or Bale.
0: I think Ledger would have been good.
1: Ledger, oh, Ledger would have been great too. Have you ever seen Night's Tale?
0: Yeah. Oh, I love Night's Tale. Night's Tale's
1: a great freaking movie. He had such a presence about him. Yeah. In that, and that's the Joker. I feel
0: like he was such an underrated actor because you can tell from the Joker, everyone freaked out when he was going to be the Joker, and then he turned out to be fantastic.
1: He's one of those actors who. When he popped up, it was always a good time to watch him pop up.
0: Yeah, he's very charming and likable, which probably would have helped this movie a lot. Because I feel like Anakin does not have charm. <laughs> Basically, anyone on that list that isn't uh, fucking Hayden Christensen probably would have done better. <laughs> but then again, like the writing was so tough.
1: Yeah, it might not help.
0: It you know they would have anyone would have had a rough go.
1: Yeah. Also, I don't buy Jake Lloyd becoming Hayden Christensen. Yeah. I don't know why that that connection doesn't I work for me. I don't think that's
0: an issue. I, I For me, it wasn't an issue, probably because I've watched soap operas my whole life. So I'm used to seeing, like, characters who were once one actor turn into another actor. Like, and it's fine. <laughs> it's accepted. So that doesn't really bother me so much.
1: I just, I just don't see it. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm just weird like that.
0: Well, that was... Cast could have been. Ah, yeah. sing it, Be Arthur. Sing it to <laughs> us. And then so long, friend. The nights get shorter, it seems. I miss the Arthur.
1: Yeah, the only one we got left is Betty.
0: Yeah, God bless her. So, how did you feel about this movie overall?
1: Overall, yeah, it's better than Phantom. It's got some good parts to it. Christensen's fine, like not, not fine, but. He, for what he, I think he was for what given, he
0: had it was yeah he he didn't I don't think he's a great actor, but I don't think he's really the main problem in this. I think he's just kind of a symptom of the main problem, which is that the fucking writing, the direction is terrible. Yeah,
1: the direction is terrible, but the action's still pretty good. I'm actually engaged in this movie for the most part. There's less annoying characters. Yeah, you know, I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, I don't like it, for sure. I have it rated as a 2. Yeah, I have it as a 2 as well. This definitely was a more enjoyable time than the last movie we watched for Star Wars. So I, I am looking forward to the final entry into the prequel trilogy. Mostly because that means we get to move on to the new trilogy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And which that's... is
0: significantly better. That's at good. least the first two. <laughs> But first, we got to get through Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah. Which is supposedly the best of the prequel trilogy. I'm sure that's true. No. Sorry. But it's not going to be good. Next week, Scott's going to introduce me to a movie. So we're going to go right back to our OG format. And it's going to be a damn good time. So make sure you come back and... Join us. So this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradise of podcast, and I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm
1: Scott Eisenberg.
0: Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter
1: at Shoot the Flick,
0: and also check out our weekly episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and a bunch of other places, too. We'll see you next time for a brand spanking new movie review. See you later. Good night, but not
1: goodbye.